We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 364. Our guest today grew up riding in Brazil, and since then he has become an Olympic rider, has been a part of the World Equestrian Games. His notable accomplishments include earning medals in several prestigious events and consistently ranking among the top riders in the world. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Cassia Rivetti. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. Thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Um, I would love to hear how you first got started in the equestrian industry. I started when I was like seven years old in Brazil, Sao Paulo. Uh, My dad, actually, he bought a farm and we had some horses there. Uh, He wanted us to, to learn, me and my brother, how to ride. And he put us in a riding school in Sao Paulo and I got in love with the horses and they didn't stop. Nice. I love that. You've had an impressive career so far competing in two Olympic games. What is different about competing at the Olympic level than at the, the normal top levels of show jumping? It's a, it's a, a good pressure, I must say. You know, it's like that is actually, I believe, uh, most of the riders dream to compete in a championship, especially in the Olympics. I always had this in my one of my goals, my dreams, I must say. Uh, it's, it's different. It's a different feeling. It's a different pressure. You have the whole country behind you. So uh, it's kind of special. Definitely. You've had the opportunity to work with some of the top names in the industry. Why is it so important to find trainers and coaches and mentors who really help you progress in the sport? That's really important in my opinion. I, I, I was lucky to, to be with Rodrigo and Nelson Pessoa for many, many years mm. working together. Uh, that was a big, big jump in my career when I moved to Europe uh, was together with both learning everything and especially when you are in the top level it's always good to have a good coach and somebody on the ground to to see different views and give some uh, uh, advices like it's really important i think even today having somebody to help is is important Yeah, absolutely. You are very well traveled now, having ridden and competed in multiple countries, including Brazil and Belgium and the US. How has your experience in different countries influenced your riding? And and what have you what kind of notable differences have you noticed from country to country? There is a a different uh, schools, right? Let's say they they have a different uh, type of riding. For me, when I moved to Europe, uh, I was already jumping. Uh, in Brazil, the big classes, but I must say, I had to learn everything again because it's, it was like a different type of riding. Uh, 
and going to different countries and different trainers. After I quit Pessoa, I went to Germany with Schokamil and then just Lance thinking what is, is a three different type of schools. For me, it was amazing because I couldn't get all informations for a different views and made my ride to be like I ride today. So it's, it's good to have all information from different countries because when you go in Germany, it's a different ride from France, from Holland, and they are all good. So you have to try to get the best from ever. Mm-hmm. You have been on something of a winning streak these last few weeks in California. Um, what has been some, you know, tell me a little bit about maybe some of your most recent wins and what has made you so consistently successful over these past few weeks? So, yeah, actually, it's been a good summer for me. So you're being working for that, right? Producing the, the horses and like uh, last year I was working these horses really hard, jumping small classes, uh, producing for this. I was lucky to have a good people behind me, my sponsors, my my people my in the barn uh, helping for that so we, the, the importance to work and even if the results are not there in a moment certain moment you just keep working hard in the same goal and like the results will come that right. was like uh, my my point of uh, training and like uh, uh, these horses like last year they were not ready and like now they, they got a good uh, good shows and everything work well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And success, of course, does not come without preparation. So what would you exactly. say, uh, how would you kind of talk about your training methodologies in your program? What is, when you have some time at home to regroup and prepare for your next show, what does your training program look like? We do a lot of dressage. We don't jump too much. Uh, the the old horse must say the young ones jump a little more, but uh, a lot of dressage, flat dressage and and some poles in the ground exercising mm-hmm. like that. I do a lot m- more than jumping. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that that's a, I, that's a good yeah, point. I mean, I feel like I've I've heard people say like a horse only has so many jumps in them, so I yes. think really planning that out well and and working on like strength through flat work and lateral work exactly. is important. because the horse if he has a good quality like the horse i'm riding now i'm lucky that they're really good jumpers uh we must just prepare a fitness dressage control and let they do do her the job and most important if you can control the horse and put a in the way that we want it is much easier for them just to 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 do the job and we can interfere let's say when you are setting poles or some jumps up at home what are some of your favorite exercises to set up i do a lot of gymnastics it mm-hmm. depends of the horse my horse i do a lot of gymnastics i do some poles in the ground doubles triples uh from my students I work more the rider and not the horse, so we have to do more core, like a little course, small. Never jump a bigger home. Obviously, there's 
um, lots of things to do and obviously varies horse to horse, get it, keeping a horse fit and ready to compete. How do you keep yourself competition ready? Riding a lot every day. So I ride like eight, uh, 10 horses a day. Uh, that's keep me yeah. really into the saddle, let's say. Yeah. But it's very important also our mental for that lead. So I'm lucky to live in a really beautiful place here in San Diego. So I try to go surf like three times a week that I work a little more different muscles and the mental uh, that I think is really important also and just enjoy a little bit what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that balance is definitely important. Yes. Um, do you have any like rituals or things that you like to do every time before you compete? Not really. Before, yes. Now, not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Depend of the day, but I don't have a, a real thing that I really have to do just uh, always before. Yeah. Have you, um, or at some point in your career, did you struggle with being like having a lot of show nerves? Is that something that you've overcome? What, what would you say are your overall, uh, you know, emotions going into a big class? Yeah, sometimes you have like uh, thoughts, right? Uh, whenever when it's not working very well or the results are not there, you start to doubt. It happened, I guess, with every rider. When you start to jump so many four folds, two down, you start to doubt your system, your your like way to ride. And I, I am good. At, am I good enough or not? You know, but. That, I guess, happened with everybody, happened with me, for sure, in Europe, when I was in a bad moment, I broke my leg, I fall off, and, like, start to doubt, oh, my God, should I change my system, my way? But in the end, no, it's just the timing, and just if you have to keep working, and now with the experience that I have, you know, it's much easier to, to handle with these situations, and, like, I just... Uh, give the timing that everything will come back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've talked a lot about saddles and saddle fit on the podcast just because it's so important that you are using a saddle that really fits you and your horse, but especially your horse. It really does make or break the comfort level and the ability for the horse to perform at their best. And then having something that fits you is also really important for you guys to really work as a team. I love Voltaire Design. I've been wearing and using their saddles for probably over three years now. And I just think they have so many great qualities to them. They are a French-made saddle. I ride in the Palm Beach, which is one of their classic jumping saddles. And I just love how flexible it is. It's one of the only flexible trees out there on the market. And it really allows for the horse's shoulder to stay really open, which I think is super important. If you want more information, visit their website to just learn about all of the design and innovation and performance that Voltaire Design can allow. So many top riders use Voltaire, and I feel like that really speaks for itself. So for more info, visit their website at voltairedesign.com. That's V-O-L-T-A-I-R-E 
www.sexdesign.com. Also want to mention that there is a limited special on 16 inch saddles. So make sure that you ask your local Voltaire saddle specialist about the deals on 16 inch saddles. All right, let's get back to the episode. Tell me a little bit about what it's been like for you, because as you have found a lot of success, very often we tend to, you know, almost take that success for granted in a way, or maybe not for granted, but then you start setting an expectation to continue those winning ways when in reality, I mean, the the sport is just you, you have to, you, you can't possibly win every class that you go into. Right. And so it can be, it can kind of mess with your head a little bit when you do find that kind of consistent success, um, that when that you're, then you kind of are expecting it or, you know, like wanting it so badly for yourself because that's what you've been experiencing. So how do you, how do you kind of work through that dynamic? So yeah, when you're, I was young, yes, I was like, you know, if it was not winning or, having a bad show like be like really upset but now my view is is is, uh, is different of the sport mm. so my view uh, is not the winning that motivated me uh, it's to be with the horse and produce my horse to the level that i that i think that he can be he can do so it's much more for the horse between rider and horse to 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 produce this a couple let's say produce the horse produce the the level of that I can get on him and not actually especially the the moment that I'm winning that's of of course is a really good moment mm-hmm. to to do a victory but the most important is to be doing the what I like is not to compete is to be riding so mm-hmm. and like getting like uh, the maximum what i can from the horse that i'm riding if like i go and i i just jump a clear round and i know that the horse is not ready to win i'm gonna be as happy as a victory with another one you know mm-hmm. so i don't put this pressure on me that i have to win and if i don't don't win no it's just to be there riding and enjoying that moment that's, I guess, most, most important than winning. Mm-hmm. What are your goals for your riding in this next year? So we have now, I have a new horse that I'm really like positive on him. I think he can do very well. His name is Vidal. We will try to qualify to the World Cup final. That's the main goal for this year, a little bit. And then we'll see. We have some big shows next year also. End of the year, a big show. One mm-hmm. million Grand Prix here in the desert. Uh, and go step by step. If he's doing well, maybe we're going to go to Europe. We don't know yet the plan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, We're always dreaming with championships and all these yeah. things for sure. Yeah, but Definitely. step by step, yeah. With um, riding and competing in, in lots of different places, what made you um, decide to be in Southern California? So uh, my family, I, I lived like 16 years in Europe when I moved to, from Brazil. Uh, 
we had my family there in Belgium. They are all Brazilian. Uh, we want to go to a nicer place to live, a little more quiet. I know that the sport level here is not the same in Europe, but I still can do very well the sport and enjoy a little more uh, a lifestyle like mm-hmm. San Diego is beautiful for it's my pretty life. ideal there exactly. yeah <laughs> can't complain so a little bit that, that change you're tired mm-hmm. of the, the the European and the weather and like uh, for a horse rider it's beautiful because you go show showing every weekend but actually for a family it's not the ideal Mm-hmm. Beyond your competitive career, are there any specific goals you have in mind to, you know, contribute to the development of equestrian sport or give back to the equestrian community? I really like to help a little my, my country, if possible, as like a, a donor coaching or being involved with the federation, something like that for the young, give the opportunity that I have. For the young people that I, you know, if they can go to even here in in US, I I really like to contribute with the young people to to improve for the high level. That's mm-hmm. a little bit what I I like to do. What would you say is something that you're passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about? I, I guess the most important. It's to the care of the horses. And what I see that the people, especially here in Europe, we have a lot. But in in the U.S., we hope they will change is to produce a young horse. We don't have like that. And that's more important than competing the high level for me. Because without the young ones, we can't do the the high level without the breeders we, we can compete in the high level so making the sport a little more accessible for the whole people not only for the ones that have a lot of money uh, that's a thing that we'd like to to do more here mm-hmm. in the us it's very important to 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 teach the people how to produce a horse to the grand prix level Mm. that's that's something that's just make a rider a complete rider you know that he can jump the grand prix but he can also bring a five years old until the top top level Mm -hmm. definitely yeah i think that that's a a, that's a really great um concrete way to do that because i know a lot of people um it's it that that topic is is a really big part of our industry especially you know now more than ever is is working towards making it more accessible and i think it exactly we often can feel a little stuck um as to like actually how do we work towards making that what they teach a lot here is, is the riders to compete. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing to be a very competitive rider. But they must teach also the people to to produce a horse. It's, it's really rare here in California, in the U.S. actually, not only in California, to see a, a horse that started as a five years old and jumping the Grand Prix. You see mm-hmm. that a lot in Europe. You know, they do a lot. But here you see the people going to buy horses, old ones, to use 
it's it's really important if they start to learn how to produce a horse. Of course, you have riders that does that, not, but it would be great to have more and more, right? That you don't have to go too much to Europe to buy or just buy young ones and mm -hmm. bring it to here. I know that the cost here is really expensive to 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 produce a young horse compared with Europe. Maybe that's why they don't do too much. Mm -hmm. But it would be uh, I'm doing that a lot now with some some sponsors, some people that right. are behind me. Yeah, I like. I think it's important. But definitely, yeah. When you, like, let's say you have a professional looking to try to add a little more of that to their, to their program, developing young horses, where would you recommend that they try to get more, um, more knowledge as far as like, okay, like I, I get, these are the steps I need to do as far as getting my horse, you know, ready to do the five-year-olds or, or whatever. What, what, where could they find more information or, or what would you recommend they do to really understand the process and, and the training program or are you just a place to start to be able to work with those younger yeah, horses? Yeah, it's like, it's, it's get the knowledge of the, 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 experienced riders let's mm -hmm. say uh, in europe they have a lot like this weekend is gonna be actually this week is gonna be the world uh, young horses championship in belgium you have right. like yeah thousand i guess it's like 305 years old 206 years old is unbelievable mm -hmm. and there you can see like the preparation that they do with the young ones and uh, it, it's a little bit different. You can't compete too much with a young horse. You just have to teach them to jump and like give a little time for them to grow. Right. And just like the comp the uh, young horse uh, is ready, uh, let's say when they are eight years old, then you really can start to to push a little more. But it's a different way to 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 ride. Yeah. less competitive but in the end it's worth especially today with the price of the horses that are like crazy absolutely you, you must invest in the young ones that's not so expensive that's mm -hmm. my view a little definitely yeah that's great advice well thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and um, you've had so much success so it's it's wonderful to continue to watch your story and I wish thank you all you. the best thank you so much all right that is all I have for you today thank you so much for tuning in if you liked what you heard please take a minute and write a review on iTunes I would so appreciate it it helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests Thank you so much, and I will talk to you next week.